Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, furiously Googling, trying to connect the dots on that story. But it's like buried now, the Iggy Azalea and Khloe Kardashian story. It's like, again, stick with us because we'll, we'll tell you long before the media will. Yeah, but then our brains will be faulty and we won't be, remember, be able to remember what we told you. But we told you something and just know it. Okay, thanks. Uh, hey, it is the Colleen and Bradley show. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hey. What is the weirdest recurring dream you've had? 651-641-1071. What's the weirdest recurring dream you've had, Bradley? Why are we asking? Because I feel like I've just had this dream before that we did this segment. Mm. What? No. No, and, and in fact, I um, read one article uh, over the weekend, and then I saw another one this morning, and I was like, oh my God, I'm having recurring dreams. Only during waking real. hours. The These articles that I read both dealt with the science of recurring dreams. And I was like, I'll bite. I'm curious. One particular article is titled, The Science of Recurring Dreams is More Fascinating Than We Ever Imagined. And I was like, I guess I just have never understood what the science... Because, you know, there's like the dreamy stuff where you're like, well, your dreams mean this. And our good friend Dawn, she's like this yeah. amazing dream interpreter... But, like, I don't know what actual science is there, right? Right. So I read this article, and it was pretty fascinating. I wouldn't say it's particularly eye-opening. Like, it's pretty self-explanatory, and uh, we can talk about what that means. But it just got me on the whole idea of recurring dreams. And there are a few that I've had, I know, throughout my life, and I'm sure everybody can relate to this. And I thought, I bet everybody's got a weird one where they're like, I always eat cheese while i'm being chased by a wild donkey <laughs> you know like something bizarre so six five one six four one one oh seven one tell us about your weird dream literally recurring dream don't, i'm sorry not just ass. any old yeah, weird i, mean, I don't care pretend it's recurring whatever sounds you know great um but specifically recurring dreams is what this article dealt with and um remember i said it's fascinating, but not particularly eye-opening. Uh, I see what you did there. I didn't do that, but I like <laughs> that I did because it is pun intended. Uh, not intended. You know what I mean? Yeah. My point is the science really says we're not quite sure why we have recurring dreams, but it's likely to do with our brain's desire to get rid of um, anxiety or stress or trauma. No, oh, that makes sense. And so typically, apparently, supposedly, with the little research that's actually been done, it seems like you tend to have more of those recurring dreams when you're very stressed, when you're very anxious, or when you've had some kind of trauma. Mm. Um, And so, you know, if you're not having a lot of 
stress, trauma, anxiety, you might not be having a lot of recurring dreams. And it might, the science says that it might have something to do with your brain's ability to work out that stress or to try to resolve Hmm. that trauma or to try to come up with solutions to deal with the anxiety. Interesting. Um, But what is fascinating, and there's no explanation for this, is that different cultures and different times, people have the same recurring dreams. That's what I think is fascinating. Oh, that is interesting. That we're all like having the same thing. Like the same version of a recurring dream. Yeah. Interesting. People flying, like obviously... A lot of people now would probably fly in a plane or something. You know I've I mean? never had a flying dream. You've never had a flying dream? Well, an airplane flying one, but not like a body flying. You know, some people really? have that recurring oh, yeah. dream that they're flying. Yeah. I never have gotten to have that one. I used to have those dreams all and the time. And everybody loves that one. Uh, it, it's like euphoric. Yeah. yeah. I just, I never ever had it. That one or, um, I used to have bouncing dreams, but they were like bouncing so that it was like, like super slow-mo. So I could bounce and then like, wee. Oh my gosh. And then See, that jump sounds up in fun the air. too. Yeah. My fun one for the record before we go to the phones is that I find a new room in my house that I never knew was there. I love that one. That's that is the recurring dream that I love. And then there's a bunch of ones I don't love. Let's go to the phone. (laughs) Cindy's on the line. Hi, Cindy. What's what's your bizarre recurring dream? This dream has been recurring since I was a little girl. It, It takes place in my elementary school, my kindergarten elementary school, and I'm being chased by a monster, me and two other friends, and we get chased around the kindergarten area, and then we end up in the kindergarten bathroom, and it's the toilet right on the wall with no tank, and we end up hiding behind the toilet, and that the monster then can't see us, and that happens. I never know when in my life this story will reappear. Exactly I like that. I wonder but what hiding behind the toilet down there. What happened to you in kindergarten? I don't know. I liked <laughs> kindergarten. <laughs> oh my word! Is it always the same friends? Um, I don't. That's the thing. I don't know who the friends are. There's oh. just two other people. I mean, in this dream, is exactly the same. And I am 62. That's fascinating. Wow. I will say that the article I read says thank you, this. Cindy. Thank you, Cindy. That the science does say that um, these persist throughout decades of our like for some people, they persist mm-hmm. repeatedly throughout different points of their life. So that is that's so not interesting. Uncommon. And I what I find interesting, too, is that when she said that the entire the dream from beginning to end is exactly the same, like nothing seems to be yeah. different about it. That's fascinating. fascinating. Let's go to Gail. Hi, Gail. Hi, Gail. The human brain is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Gail, what is your weird recurring dream? Okay. Mine is a, a little similar to Cindy's that you just talked to. It's I've had it for years and years, and it, it's an entity that I comes in different shapes every time I dream it, but it wants to get me and kill me. Mm-hmm. And it, it gets to a point in the dream where it's almost there. I've never seen it, but I can Mm. feel it. And it's almost there, and then I want to wake up, and I can't. And I can't. And I know in my head that I want to wake up, and I can't. and and, And I just start screaming, help, and it comes out like, no, no. And finally, I wake up out of it. Yeah. And then I'm just shaking and pounding my heart's just beating it's it's terrible oh it sounds awful yeah that does sound awful yeah 
Thank you for your call, Gail. That phenomenon, too, of like screaming things out. And oh, I do that. Yeah, me too. We've talked about this before. <laughs> Make weird noises. Yeah. And in uh, my head, it makes perfect sense. I'm like, help me, help me. And right. Outside is like. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's go to Diane. Hi, Diane. Diane, what's your weird recurring dream? Hi, Diane. Hi, guys. What's your weird um, recurring dream? I, I had started with this dream when I was very young, and I was I dreamt about this old house that I went through a tour through with a couple friends. And as we were going through, there was a set of stairs that went up kind of this really weird small set of stairs. And there was a, just a small door at the top of the stairs, and I was asking, well, what is that? And they said, well, that's a servant's quarters. That's off limits. That's not part of the tour. Well, like a dummy, I wanted to go see what it was. So I went up the stairs, I went through the little door, and I got locked into this attic mm. where there was just a wooden floor, there was a chair in the middle of the room, and there's kind of like cobwebs, which I'm deathly scared of spiders and cobwebs, um, going to this chair. And then there was a one little octagonal window that you could see outside. And my mom and whoever was with me, it was my mom was with me, that's right, I could see her out on the sidewalk, and I'm pounding on that glass. It was super thick, so she couldn't even hear me, and I'm screaming and screaming, get me out of here, get me out of here. Mm. Well, then um, there's more to the dream, but that's kind of like the gist of it. Well, my brother and my sister-in-law lived in Tennessee, and we went down there to visit them, and we went to tour some of these old Victorian no. homes. No. Yes. Stop. I'm getting goosebumps, man. <laughs> Um, I, we walked and we drove up to one of the houses and I just froze Stop. and I had goosebumps and we went into the house and it was very similar and there was a very similar set of stairs and it was roped off and you couldn't go up there. And since then I haven't had the dream nearly as often as I used to. Oh. Um, and then I had a friend that moved into a home kind of over by uptown and was renting part of it and he was showing me around and he took me up stairs and it was sort of attic-y like no it was very similar to the <laughs> oh attic my, in my gosh. dream terrifying diane yeah. holy yeah. buckets thank you for your call thanks diane um, i'm not I going on any home tours with diane anytime soon. i will say like all of that sounds like a great premise for a movie right? doesn't it and that's when i saw the body when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley Bramley Bramley show, show on the Colleen and Bradley show benifer againifer oh what are nice. what were they, what was their weekend like? Oh. We're gonna find out after this on my talk one oh seven one. Well let's check in with the POS, the Publationship of Summer on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk one oh seven one, I'm Colleen Lindstrom, that's Bradley Trainer. <sighs> Who is the uh, POS, Bradley? Benifer Againifer. Mm-hmm. J Lo and Ben Affleck. <laughs> And what were they up to this weekend, Bradley? Well, uh, because we know that they were out and about trying to get their our eyeballs on them. They were, and apparently, and what I love about this publicationship, and this is why we can definitively call them publicationship of summer, they get headlines not just in you know ragtag tabloids, but also the New York Times, etc. They have captured the cultural zeitgeist. But anyway, specifically, they have made a uh, mainstream crossover by taking. Uh, themselves to none other than Hamilton, the musical on Broadway. Okay, I have so many questions. What questions do you well, have? Well, first of all, I didn't know we were back. I didn't. Oh, yeah. I know. I somehow missed that. Yes. But yay, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Gotta wear a mask, gotta be vaccinated. Broadway's back. 
And Hamilton is also back too then. Was this the first weekend? I don't know. I don't know when Hamilton uh, got started, but I do know that Jennifer Lopez, Ben Affleck, took their kids to Hamilton and they made sure to keep up the PDA. Okay, so all five kids. I don't, yeah, I don't even know. Cause here's the thing there's a video on TMZ, and I was obsessed with this video. It's about a minute and 30 seconds okay. of them as the curtain goes up or down or whatever, the lights come up. Mm-hmm. You got to go home, but you can't. You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Everybody's okay. leaving after the curtain call. And so they are completely enamored with themselves. What I love, though, is that somebody in the crowd, literally everyone in the oh, crowd nice. is, is pretending to not pay attention to them while simultaneously paying attention mm-hmm. to Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. And he's got his hand on her and they're kissing and he's whispering something in her mm-hmm. ear. Mm-hmm. And then they're doing that thing like totally normal. Um. But obviously, you don't take each other out um, to Hamilton in public when you're Jennifer Lopez yeah. and Ben Affleck and not expect that everybody's going to be paying attention to you. So it's so obvious. right? But I do... Oh, I had a question, and now I'm forgetting what my question was when I watched this video because I'm watching it again. Uh-huh. And I don't know what that question was. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it was the question, what the heck is she wearing? Because that's my question. Well, it's probably cold in the theater. She's wearing, what is no, that? It just looks like a kind of a floral chiffani uh, dress with like a military style blazer. It's just very decidedly not J-Lo. It's a little coveragey. Um, I think my question was when they're embracing what he's whispering in her ear. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, do you notice that everybody is staring at us? Yeah, or like, look, there are cameras on us. Act like we're going to make out. More importantly, like this person who took the video, because it's a pretty, like, that has to be so obvious that somebody is filming right there. One would think. Right, because... And you see a a camera go up in the background, too. You can see a lot of people like, "Mm, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're definitely, like, taking their time to move. Oh, I wish I could remember that que- the question that I had. But I also, what I found fascinating about, or what I do find fascinating about this moment is that I don't, like, I want to know at what point people started to recognize them. Because if you're next to them, you probably would recognize them. Mm-hmm. But because everybody's wearing masks. Right. And the way that everybody is packed in there. Yeah. I don't know that you would recognize them immediately. Probably but not. Clearly, everybody can see that that's Jennifer Lopez. They and would ben probably like it would, you would get the tingles. You'd be like, oh, is that Josh that I used to work well, with at the Red well, Lobster? Here's the other thing, <laughs> though, Josh is that, that Emmy, her daughter, Emmy, has bright blue hair. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you pay any attention to them at all in, you know, in the media, you know that the child with bright blue hair belongs to Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. So you probably, you might be attracted first to the person with the bright blue hair and then look to the right and go, oh, and that's Jen, that's Jennifer Lopez. Oh, okay. There I, they all are. I also wonder if they pulled that move because I, it's New York, right? It's uh, Broadway. I think they're in L.A., actually. Oh, that's L.A.? Yeah, they're at the Pantages. Oh, well, that makes sense because they wouldn't be in New York City unless she was in the Hamptons. Yeah, Hamilton so now playing living. Broadway in Hollywood. But my question is, or my point is, because I have been in a theater, and you have Colleen as well, when famous people arrive, mm-hmm. and by famous people, I mean a former member of The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. I want to know if they did that thing wherein right before the curtain goes up, yeah, they're being escorted to their seats because everybody is seated and they can make a quick run in. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to get mobbed. But I kind of feel like that's not happening here because they're leaving when everybody else well, is leaving. And that's the part that I think is weird because when that happened at a thing that we were at, the person got ushered in right as the as the lights went down. Yeah. And they got ushered out yeah. before everybody else started milling around. Yeah. yeah. Now, the other thing that is interesting is I when I watched this video, I thought, who's that tall woman with the glasses that he's also whispering to? OMG, that's his daughter. That's Serafina, his oldest oh, daughter. Yeah, and in fact, you know that because, and I had a similar thought. It looks just like Jennifer Garner. Right, she's yeah. got glasses on. She looks exactly like Jennifer Garner, but she and is it, taller. By it looks like Jennifer yeah. Garner. I mean, their daughter. Their daughter, not it. Yes, <laughs> and their daughter, Serafina, is taller than J Lo. Yeah, which is slightly shocking. I think she's yeah. fifteen. Yeah, she looks. She's like the spitting image of her mom. It's bizarre. Anyway, well, that's what they were up to this weekend. Mm-hmm. I was not. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got celebs behaving badly. We call them demons. We'll tell you about them after this on My Talk 1071. Uh, celebrities behaving badly. We tell you about them every day at 1.30 on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 107.1. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. And we do have a name we like to call these uh, celebrities behaving badly. And that name is... Z-Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your D-Bag? Hello. Oh, the tabloid? The tabloid. Uh, Let me guess. Is it about Rebel Wilson? No, actually. That was a decent guess, though. Very decent guess. No, this actually, uh, it's about a person we were just talking about very briefly in the last segment, Jennifer Garner. Oh, her. And I'll start with the headline. And the headline is really what matters. And it'll all come together. Yeah. Jennifer Garner sizzles in swimsuit selfie we did not see coming. Oh, what? Okay. So, yes, She's I know. Not sexy. It's going to sound like I'm reading way too much into this. But yes, to your point, Bradley, that is the message we are usually meaning to get about Jennifer Garner. Translation. I'm not saying she's not sexy. No, but, but. The media never allows us to think of her as a sex. And that may be intentional from her perspective. But right. you never hear Jennifer Garner in hot like butt bearing thong but why 
why Bradley can we not see Jennifer Garner as sexy? Because she's a mother. Because she's a mom. And she, moms. Well, and she's not one of the few sexy moms. No, she doesn't get to she's be a, a sexy, sexy mom. mom. She's a frump a dump uh, mom mom. She's she wears glasses. Yeah, and um, and she's a mom, and so she can't be sexy. And so, boy, did it really shock Hello Magazine to yeah. see that this frump a dump <laughs> mom put a swimsuit on and then took a picture of herself in it. So, also, I'm really disappointed. Why that picture is just her in a suit. I mean, well, it's not like she's like, Aah. no, she's like sitting on the beach. She's wearing a cute little swimsuit. Nice little, uh, you know, uh, she's very modestly. Yeah, it is one on piece brand. or a tankini. She's reading a book and actually it's a promotion for the book that she's looking at, which is a book by her friend. OK, right. So, so it's, she's getting some mileage. But Hello Magazine wants to sell it to us like you're going to see the sexy shot of total frumpy yeah, mom like Jennifer Garner <laughs> did yes. they use the word flaunt no there's no anywhere in the she, weren't expecting she didn't it. get to flaunt anything oh. but she we just didn't see it coming we didn't know that a mo- a non-sexy mom like Jennifer Garner could actually wear a bathing suit in public and then also take a picture of herself doing such a thing i am of course being over the top, yeah. sarcastic, mm-hmm. and that's why they're my d bag. I feel bad for the person who shows up to our show and doesn't think we're I being know. sarcastic, <laughs> and they're like, "God, you guys are bitches." Yeah, well, I mean, we are, yes, yeah. but sarcastic. They're I mean, not wrong, <laughs> uh, but we would, yeah, no, for the right reasons. Yeah, we are because we care. Yes, <laughs> you guys, Jennifer Garner, wear your swimsuit, girl. Do what you got to do. Take your picture. Don't. I don't care. I think you're sexy. Live your sexy life. Or not. Like, I don't, you don't have to, like, if you're a woman, you don't have to be sexy. Well, I think, again, sexy I mean, is in the sexy, eye of I the mean, beholder. You don't have to carry around this expectation that you are, you know, a sexual being. Like, I just, how many guys show up to, you know, promote something and they don't use their body? Right. Right? Like, I'm not saying women, you. Well, and actually, the media no. expects that a woman is going to use her body to get attention. Is my point? But I actually think you have a point. Like, well, you have the point you're making is yes, well made, but also it to me also sort of points to another point, points to another point, which is that Jennifer Garner don't try to lead us to believe that she's trying to sell this book by making herself look sexy. She's just a person at the beach. Yeah. In a swimsuit, reading a book, which is what people do at the beach. It's called beach reads. It's a thing. Yeah. Or guess what? She's just. If she wants to try to like troll you by getting you to cover her in a bathing suit because she knows that you are a hot mess express mm-hmm. and you want to see her boobies hanging out, like she can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say, if you think you're going to see her boobies hanging that. out, there she's are no not. boobies. There, I mean, she's literally not doing this. No. I'm just saying, she can, like, if she wants <laughs> to just. You know, yeah. Just hello, sit down. Like pull hello, her thong goodbye. way up her booty crack with that book flapped on top. I do it. Flapped on top. Do it. Oh yeah. You okay. have earned it. All right, who's your D bag? Uh Alec Baldwin. Oh, another one. Yes. Mm, cool. Would you like a bag of peanuts? Mm, yes, thank you. Pretzels? Also, do I need to have my tray table in the full upright and locked position? Boom, boom. Yes. Okay, fine. I want the cookies. Um, they find it kind of amusing is the quote from Alec Baldwin in a new article in the Daily Telegraph, 
wherein I actually don't think it was a Daily Telegraph, but that's what it links to. It's still, oh God, I'm sorry, I get emotional. Stellar Magazine. He has an interview in this week's issue of, do you pick that up? I don't even, what even is that? I don't know. Oh, but, by the way, I do have to correct something really quick before I forget. It was Violet Affleck, not Serafina in the last segment. Oh, okay, thank you for okay. correcting. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Peg. Okay, go on. They find it. They find that kind of amusing, says Alec Baldwin, as he reveals his young children are becoming aware that he and his wife are in the media. Okay, and what follows is that conversation that only a person like Alec Baldwin, married by the way to Hillary Baldwin, could have, which is, yes, we're finally getting to that age where our children realize we're famous. And so it's that thing where you're like, I'm going to like, I'm going to say that, but I'm not going to say that because I kind of am savvy enough to know that you can't just say that out loud because that sounds like a D-bag thing. So then he goes on to say my older kids, (laughs) but we don't think it's, yeah, exactly. (laughs) My older kids are becoming more aware of what I do for a living and how their mother and I are in the media. Also, no, yes, Mm -hmm. sure. You're in the media. I get it, but no, nice try. You're going to try to give her as much attention as possible. Mm -hmm. And they're beginning to find that kind of amusing. Um, The 30 Rock star added that his children don't hold back when it comes to opinions on their performances. I still, uh, and then he basically talks about how the kids give them grief. And, you know, he's trying to be humble. It's humble bragging and it's gross. And he's trying to include his wife in that. Mm. And I'm like, your wife's whole career is being married to you. No offense. But it's true. No offense. I'm not saying she doesn't deserve to have a career in her own right and that she isn't her own person, but she has leveraged her relationship to you. And you have spent a, a fair amount of time lifting her up using your own platform Mm -hmm. which is fine Mm -hmm. but let's just call it what it is right and also if you think i'm lying this is a woman who also basically fabricated an entire persona Mm -hmm. talking about liars (laughs) anyway um the other part of this interview that really got me going and i'm sure it will to you in the audience is he goes also in this article they call him the beetlejuice star and i'm like no, he's not the star of Beetlejuice. You no, dingling. everybody knows he that Michael Keaton is the star of Beetlejuice. Yeah. Thank you. But I hate when they do that. They're like, <laughs> they can't just say this D-bag or Alec Baldwin <laughs> says blah, blah, blah. It's like the Beetlejuice star says he mm-hmm. was once incredibly ambitious. However, quote, when I got married and we had kids, that all kind of went away. Okay. Okay. I, I've it. got two letters to throw at that, a B and an S. Yep. He goes on, I still love to work, man, but Mm-mm. but I don't obtain my emotional security from that. Liar, liar, There liar. was a time when I could tell you every major release that was coming out and all the Oscar contenders. I was very aware of what was out there. And, and now every name that comes up is foreign to me. Oh, how do you say? Really? <laughs> Ilaria? Ah. Idiot? Uh, oh anyway, he, like, I just am not here for this anymore. I don't have space. I don't have time for celebrities pretending to talk words that aren't real and have no meaning in anybody's life. Like, what about this is unique? Mm-mm. What about any of this is telling us anything about Alec Baldwin? No, nothing. And also, it's all lie. It's all lies anyway. It's this, like... 
fabricated storyline to make it sound like they're super down to earth and humble at home and their kids just don't know that they occupy this very important space in pop culture but now they're just coming around to realizing it by the way what accompanies this article is a picture of their entire family at the boss baby 2 premiere dressed up as boss baby like trotting them out yeah but he doesn't care anymore what He's not Hollywood anymore. He's mm, just hanging out sure. with his kids, sure. watching his wife breastfeed. Right. Mm-hmm. His, his While she's eating pop chips. Yeah, his wife. On her Instagram account. Desperately trying to be Literally, Hollywood. Like she is, she is like, like rubbing Hollywood all up on her face, mm-hmm. in her hair. Mm-hmm. Other parts. Hollywood. She's, pop chips. Wow. Caption from a video. Six days ago on Hillary Baldwin's Instagram account. Ever wonder where you might be in Hollywood if your father was Alec Baldwin? The next generation of Baldwin's going to fall in their father and uncle's footsteps. Oh, God. No, P.S. No, how did they no. ever come up with this? Well, Rafa's playing the role of grandma. Carmen is no. Maria. Oh, God. Adios, Maria. I just want a man to buy me a salad in a British accent. Ha, ha, ha. Guess a little what? influence from mom is in there, too. I'm so you... confused. What was that? All of those what? words don't... Is there dressing for that salad? Was that a performance art? What was that? Yeah, actually, it was. I don't it was understand. from the... Av- well, being that it's like, oh, these kids are going Hollywood. They're going Hollywood. Oh, for sure. But where... Wait, what? Where is that? That, that was on Instagram six days ago. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. it's them playing dress up and yeah. uh, being dramatic. Yeah, okay. being dramatic. Okay. I... I, I can I just say you can say whatever you want Bradley if it, it if would it, be if so you're inspired yeah man your name's because on the show here's yeah. what I know I bet these are incredibly fascinating people mm. everybody no I know I know you're not supposed to say that but I bet Alec Baldwin is an incredibly fascinating per- person who has had an incredible life story mm-hmm. and could tell many many stories that would just keep you on the edge of your seat mm-hmm. Laria Baldwin Underneath what we've seen, I don't know. Mm-mm. It's possible. All of that is entirely possible. I, what I'm trying to do is give them humanity. Mm-hmm. But like, Thank you. What a gift. <laughs> well, no, like they deserve that just like anybody sure. else does. But I just can't think of anything more tiresome than getting caught up in front of these two people Mm-mm. at this moment in their lives. Oh. Because it would revolve solely and singularly around them and you would just be along for the ride. And that just seems incredibly tiresome. Yeah. Oof, it yeah. just makes me want to lay down on the floor and take a nap. Yeah. They are, I, they exhaust me. I have, a, I have so I'm now I'm, I don't want to do this because if I do this, she will be my D bag for the rest of the year. If I scroll through her Instagram and I just, I, I have higher hopes for us. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show. Do you though? We have more D bags. Actually, this one there's like a there's a D bag esque uh, angle to the story about John Travolta, and then I want to dig into some other things he said in this interview uh, with Kevin Hart when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 107.1. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 107.1. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. And uh, we've got some extra D bag we needed to put right here in a little D bag double oh. down. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Oh no, who's doubling down the D-bag today? John Travolta. 
John Travolta. Okay, so before we get there, I just want to say a couple really quick things about this uh, particular D-bag. There's another thing that he said that I wanted to dig a little bit deeper on, but in this interview he did with Kevin Hart on Kevin Hart's talk show, by the way, on that streams on Peacock. Yeah. It's called Heart to Heart. Cute. I know. When your last name is Kevin Hart, there's a lot of options. Yeah. Anyway. Heart and um, soul. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, John Travolta said something that I was like, oh, that's like a weird backwards humble brag. And like, I don't, I don't feel good about it. He said... That at the time when the 1984 comedy Splash was written, that Hollywood was sort of um, dominated by only a few actors. And he was one of them. And Richard Gere was another one. And he wants us to know that the part that Tom Hanks became famous for in the movie Splash Mm. was actually written for John Travolta. Oh. But I John Travolta. This. I love when celebrities do this. Well, I usually do too, but it was what came next. I, that was ironic. Oh, yeah. okay. I actually do. Like, I actually, I like to hear what person was going to be playing a role and then turned it down sure, for whatever yeah. reason, right? Like, that part's interesting. It's the way he says this that is kind of debaggy. It's basically like, hey, so like this role was written for me and I turned it down, but I'm not mad about it because if I would have done it, we wouldn't have Tom Hanks. Essentially, yeah, because Tom Hanks, but for that role, right, would be would not nothing. be with us. Mm-hmm. So, in other Thanks, words, John, everybody I'm sure that Tom sent him a bouquet of flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you, John Travolta, for giving us Tom Hanks. Yeah, because otherwise we'd never have known him. Also, try to imagine that. Try to imagine John Travolta in that role of. In the movie Splash. That doesn't seem right, but sure. I mean, again, how many roles end up, you know, with a different actor that wasn't intended and now they're iconic. It's true. Yeah. And he says, you know, uh, yeah, the way he said, if I hadn't passed on Splash, then we wouldn't have Tom Hanks. So let's have Tom Hanks, he said. God, that's... Thank you. Thanks, John. We would have had Tom Hanks. We just wouldn't have had him in this way. And that's yeah. fine. But, oh, I know. I mean, it's he so... hadn't done Big yet, right? Nope. I thought Big was a much better deal. Oh, Big was such a great movie. Okay, do, so do, do. that's the thing that was mildly D-bag that made him my D-bag double yeah. down. Yeah. But there was another piece of this interview that I thought was interesting enough that I wanted to talk about it. Because one of the things that we've always followed about John Travolta is his involvement with... Scientology. Exactly. And um, he was married to Kelly Preston. They had three children together. Mm-hmm. One of their children tragically died, and mm-hmm. then they had another son. Uh, and then, and then again, also tragically, Kelly Preston died of breast cancer last July. And um, they talked about this on this talk show with Kevin Hart, Heart to Heart, uh, streaming on Peacock. And he said some things that I thought were really interesting, especially when we know him in the context of Scientology. So he said he was talking to his son, Ben, who's 10, Mm -hmm. I believe. 
about uh, his wife, Kelly Preston, his child's mom, passing away. And he said, Ben said to me once, because mom passed away, I'm afraid you're going to. And he and then John Travolta goes on to say, I said, well, it's a very different thing. And I went through the differences about my longevity and her limited life. And then he said, I said to Ben, you've always loved the truth. And I'm going to tell you the truth about life. Nobody knows when they're going to go or when when they're when they're going to stay. Uh, And he and he said, basically, your brother Jet left at 16. He was too young. Your mother left at 57. That was too young. But who's to say I could die tomorrow? You could. Anybody can. So let's look at it like it's part of life. You don't know exactly. You just do your best to try to live the longest you can. Mm -hmm. That's sweet. Super sweet. Super down to earth. Completely not how Scientology teaches about death. Oh, no, not at all. And that's what I thought was interesting about that. Yeah. Because if you are a person who's in the Church of Scientology, your job is to toe the party line about all things. Mm -hmm. And what might a person in Scientology say about death? You're going to go to another planet and you're going to get some thetons and some vubons or some kind of dingledons. Right. Like, we're not here... Because we're humans, we're here because of some sort of alien explosion. I'm getting the Church of Scientology story wrong, but no, and it's all very aliany and spacey. All yeah, origin stories are a little interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying everybody's got some yeah. convoluted bits and pieces to the story. But to your point, I think the greater thing is maybe you know, like he. I don't know that I would have expected him to say because they're not. What are they? Not thetans. Is it Thetans? Yeah, Thetans. Yeah. Those are the things that attach to you. Yeah. Like, I don't think he would have recounted a story on that granular level because, you know, think about Christianity. How many times are you just going right. to be like spitting out biblical, you know, stories to your children about Noah's Ark or something to tell them a much mm-hmm. more important lesson about life? You probably wouldn't, but it would be based in the, you know, fundamentals of whatever your religion is. Right. And to that point, I think it's clear that that is not a, Scientological way of looking at death and the hereafter. So that would indicate perhaps a movement away from the church yeah, of Scientology, yeah. which that's the part that I was keying into that I find to be so interesting, given the fact that we just read a blind item not so many weeks ago about John Travolta perhaps getting very close to purchasing his way out of the church of Scientology. Yeah, which, oh. Wouldn't that be amazing? Mm-hmm. Well, he's been selling a lot of real estate lately, yep. and cashing in. Because so, for those of you who 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 don't know what we're talking about, it, the apparently in order to sort of sever your ties with the church, that you by the way paid a lot of money to be a part of, right? Because you have to buy your way into all the classes to get to the bridge to yeah. total freedom. Yeah. You then also have to buy your way out of it, allegedly, and it, for like, him, it costs a lot of money. What planet? I mean, this one, and yeah. Many others, apparently. Do you need? To pay, I mean, that should be your first oh, red I mean, flag. You shouldn't have hello? to pay money. But now, Scientology is not the only one that does that. True. FYI. True. Um, but they certainly do it better than anyone. And, you know, it's also interesting because uh, with this talk about John Travolta, you also have to remember Laura Pre. Or, uh, Laura? Yeah. Pre-pr- Laura Prepon. Prepon. Uh-huh. That name. I want her to have a better. I always thought it was Prepon. I know. I always want to say Prepon or Prepon or Pepon. That's what you have. Before the shrimp. It's, yeah, right before the prawns. Poop, it's the pre-pawn. Poopon. <laughs> the post-pawn. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now, well, she is now Laura Post-pawn because she's no longer in Scientology. True. But it's been like this quiet 
departure. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if she's if uh, John Travolta is also on that track. So interesting. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, what's the weird thing you do at your house to accommodate your pets? You know you do something. 651-641-1071. What's the weird thing you do at your house to accommodate your pet after this on My